Welcome back to another Green Section podcast episode. I'm the host, Adam Miller. Uh, this is our latest episode in a multi-episode series on fairway regrassing. And Drew Barnett, uh, who's a superintendent at Knollwood Club in Illinois, and USG agronomist Zach Nicolutis, who actually uh, works closely with Drew. Both those guys really share their insights into the process of converting the older uh, Heinz 57 fairways at Knollwood to uh, a newer variety of bankgrass, kind of the reason behind it and uh, the methodology uh, around how they did the conversion. So here's the conversation with Zach and Drew. Drew, thanks for joining us today. Uh, great to talk to you. Um, I know you're, uh, you're, you're probably a little bit like me, a little frustrated with uh, how the college football season ended um, for your Penn State team, although you, you guys are in a better spot than, than Wisconsin Badgers, that's for sure. So, um, again, thanks for taking the time. Let's uh, kind of jump into the topic on uh, fairway regrassing, but start with really giving our listeners kind of a background into, you know, Knollwood Club, what, what the course is about, you know, age of the course, that kind of thing. Sure. Um, Knollwood Club was founded in 1924. Um, and opened in 1925. It was designed by uh, Colton Allison, or Charles Allison was uh, the guy on, on site at that time. Um, it's a family club in uh, North Shore, Chicago. So we, we offer it all, pool, golf, tennis, paddle tennis, skeet shooting. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's, a, it's a great big property with a, with a great golf course on it. And it's been a, a really busy busy last few months for you getting ready for this project and, and undergoing sort of a, a large renovation, which includes the, the regrassing project. And, you know, I want to, I want to sort of get into to the details specifically on the fairway regrassing, but touch on a little bit about, you know, what were the grasses that you had in your, your old fairways and what were some of the main motivations to convert them to a newer bent grass variety? Sure. Um, we've, we had a mix of five or six different grasses, bluegrass, ryegrass, uh, bentgrass, hoa triv, uh, obviously coannua, some fescue, all, all, the, all the good stuff was in there. Driving factor in the, in the regrassing project was in 2016, we did greens and approaches uh, with uh, regrassing those and obviously turned out really, really well. And in combination with a renovation project we have ongoing, it was how can we improve the fairways and make them kind of match the quality of the greens and the approaches. And obviously regrassing was a way to accomplish that. It sounds like the success of the approach in putting green regrassing kind of helped build some confidence uh, in, into this, this idea of regrassing the fairways, certainly for some, but maybe not for everyone. I guess Talk to me about, I think, one of the bigger challenges of fairway regrassing and how you guys went about it. How did you go about sort of changing the hearts and minds of some of the folks that thought ah, our fairways are okay? Like, we don't want to deal with more disruption. What did you do to sort of get everyone on board? From the board's perspective, it was, you know, the membership, they wanted it. You know, financially, when, when you looked at the limited amount of money it would cost to improve the fairways, it, it was, there wasn't really a whole lot of um, negativity towards it. Well, we're getting going. Obviously, you always have your your naysayers, but they, uh, you know, it was kind of um, it passed with um, you know overwhelming support. So it was it was kind of a home run. Before you got started with the project, Drew, I know we looked at some test plots uh, on the back of the driving range. I knew you had 007 XL, which is ultimately what what you chose. But what other grasses, if any, did you have in your test plots back there to compare it to? We had. Oh, 
I think six or seven uh, different different bent grasses. I think 007 XL, the triple seven flagstick, McDonald, Crystal Blue Links, and probably a few that I'm forgetting. We wound up choosing the the 007 XL based on those trials that we did last year. Hey Drew, I wanted to sort of push on that a little bit, a little bit more too. Like, was creeping bent grass the automatic first choice, or did you look into you know, like we've seen it at Rutgers Plots and other universities, you know, they, they've got this mixture of like a newer colonial with a fine fescue. And it looks awesome in research plots. And, you know, there's some some obvious challenges or concerns with maybe traffic. But did you ever sort of dabble into maybe even a different species combination or was it just always bent grass? No, it was it was always bent grass here, here at the Mobile Club. All right, well, let's get into... You know, the, the specific steps, this this is the part of the regrassing process that always is interesting to me because there's so many different ways to sort of skin this cat. So walk us through, um, you know, what you did to sort of first get rid of the older grasses. You know, what time of year did you start with killing those off? Products that you used, you know, did you mix anything else in the tank, like some ammonium sulfate, and then maybe even number of applications? We started, uh, the, the golf course closed August 2nd. We used um, Roundup. So our first application was August 2nd, mixed with the ammonium sulfate. I believe we did three quarts per the acre. We did a follow-up application on August 7th. And then we did another application August 10th. Some of the, the ryegrass and the bluegrass and the, the, the poa and the bentgrass would pretty well toast it out by that time, dead. I'm sure it, over time, the, the ryegrass and the bluegrass would have died, but it was still a little bit green. So we just wanted to make sure we had, had a really, really good kill, which we were able to do. And then we started seeding August 12th. So the, the seeding process was we verticut the fairways um, two directions, kind of down and back, just to remove some of that dead material. And then we used the Veredo, uh seeders, um, and we sliced that in two directions, each direction at a half pound of uh, seed. And then the final thing we did is we, um, we drop seeded all the fairways with another half pound. So a pound and a half of seed per thousand square feet. Immediately after seeding, we fertilized and began the irrigation and watering process. With the fertility, Drew, was it pretty much your standard starter fertilizer or did you have any combination of products you were looking to use there or what was your approach there? Try to keep it pretty simple, Zach. Um, we, we just used a kind of standard uh, starter fertilizer that we applied twice. So we, we applied that, like I said, right at seeding. And then about 14 days later, we, need, we did another application. So I think we we're right around three pounds of nitrogen in that, in that first month or so. Yes, I think we, our, our CCS visit was, you know, towards the end of August there is about 12 to 14 days after seeding. And I'm just seeing the overall germination that you had on those fairways that were done first was, was excellent. I mean, it was probably 40 to 50% germination at that point. I know we spoke not only, or spoke a few weeks ago and uh, you pretty much had hundred percent coverage across the board, correct? The one thing getting back to the 007 XL that really kind of stood out to us when we were doing the trials was number one, how quickly it germinated. We were getting germination in two and a half, three days. And then the second thing was how quickly it developed to, you know, it went from one leaf shoot to three leaf shoots quicker than any of the other grasses. And obviously the, the quicker we can get it to 
to grow and the quicker we can get it to fill in and the quicker we're playing on it and uh, you know hopefully some less competition from Polanyi. Yeah, one thing I know there are obviously there are uh, other components to the to the project that you guys uh, have going on. But one thing I've I've been curious about and it'd be interesting to get your feedback or your thoughts if a golf course was just doing or going down the route so or down, going down the road of just uh, a fairway regressing as a standalone project. So killing off the existing fairways, no earth moving, and just establishing an improved variety uh, of creeping bent grass or, or whatever the grass, whatever the, whatever grass is chosen, you know, in your situation with, with, with what you saw as far as germination and establishment and turf, you know, achieving, you know, acceptable turf coverage, what would your thoughts be about, you know, could a golf course just shut down for the, for the seating process and, you know, reopen and play preferred lies and keep carts on the pass or restrict cart utes? Use, do you have any thoughts on what on how a superintendent could approach that to avoid a shutdown for a longer period of time if there weren't other components of a project? Yeah, absolutely. I think in 30 days, you could have a really, really good golf course for the membership to play. You know, walking only or whatever the cart restrictions would be would be the, would be the key. But uh, you, you can have a playable surface in, in 28 to 35 days. Saw similar results with with uh, at a golf course where Crystal Blue Links was used for the fairways and and the super superintendent you know Dave Wilmot at Sharon Club E or Sharon Golf Club E kind of provided the same feedback. They had a lot of other things going along with their project, but it was definitely what we saw in you know six weeks between seeding and you know that was there six weeks after seeding and it was it was pretty amazing with the playing surface that was already provided. Now obviously very juvenile turf that can't withstand a bunch of car traffic, but. Appreciate the feedback there because I think that's something a lot of superintendents would would uh, would would be huge for them to you know sell a regressing project. Drew, you know, question regarding sort of the the speed of getting everything germinated and then sort of filled in. We had a, a previous uh, podcast and part of this series, the first series, uh, first episode in the series with John Hoyle at Corning in New York, and he had mentioned they saw significantly slower establishment, you know, where they had just a little bit too much shade. Um, did you guys incorporate tree removals as sort of part of this to make sure you were going to have the best chance for success, or did you already take care of that in a different phase? Yeah, we were, we were fortunate that in conjunction when we did the greens uh, regressing, we, we removed quite a few trees during that project. And then um, in the 2018 off-season uh, working with our golf course architect, we removed quite a few trees. So at that time, it, it was all done in the lead up. What about you know in the in the? I know it's only been a you know a couple months or so, but have you seen any poa or other weeds, you know, unwanted grasses sort of pop up in the in the fairways since regrassing them? And then kind of a follow up: What are you looking to do, you know, next year and beyond from a poa control standpoint? Yeah, we, we have seen some POA. First thing is, it's amazing the difference. Uh, the, the seeding process took five or six days, and the fairways that got seeded last, even though we were at the optimum time, still have more POA than the ones that were seeded um, earlier in the process. So um, it's just kind of an interesting interesting note. Um, so we, we've done, or we will do three different programs that we're kind of trialing this year. POA Constrictor, which is kind of the old prog- progress, We've, we've done some trials of that this fall and hoping to see the effects of that over the winter. 
we will utilize Policure on our approaches next year, just because with our greens being 100% bent grass, we obviously want to keep the polo as far away from those as possible. We're also kind of a more traditional plan for the, the, the majority of the fairways uh, next year will be PGR use, Pacobutazol, um, and then limiting fertility, water, and fungicides, obviously trying to promote uh, the bent grass over the, the polo annual. So we'll kind of sit back as a club and as as our staff and review the successes. And obviously they have, everything has its pluses and minuses and costs and benefits um, and see what's going to be kind of a long-term solution for, for us dealing with that. I think that's a, a great approach. And it's, I, I've been involved with a few regrassing projects for fairways, usually on a small scale. And it's amazing how quickly POA seems to pop back into those, some of those voids. And then that first spring can look a little scary. You know, you get a lot of brand new POAs that all seem to produce a seed head and you're kind of looking like, ooh, I don't have as much bank grass or maybe there's just more POA out there than I thought. But typically that stuff kind of fades away. And, you know, if you jump on a good cultural program with uh, with PGRs and other things like you mentioned, it's you should be should be in a good spot. So that's uh, that's good to hear. What are your plans as far as cultural management? I know you have some expansions in there as well. Do you have to, do you feel that there's going to be uh, a need to kind of do a little bit extra to those expansion areas to get those to catch up and create more uniform conditions? Or is everything looking pretty uniform in those areas as well? It is. It hasn't taken as long as I thought, but uh, we, we were very aggressive pre-seeding on our expansion areas. We did air fine top dresses a few times, actually kind of leading up to the seeding process. And then as we were growing in, we were top, top dressing those areas up a little bit more frequently than we would any anything else so uh, they, they've caught in nicely um you know what's interesting in some of the expansions too talking about the poe annual the expansions into the old rough are virtually poa free where the existing fairway is significantly more poa than the, the expansion so kind of makes you wonder um you know obviously you know 100 years of poa seed in the in the fairways the the rough that you're not treating with fungicides or at least we weren't and, you know, maybe a good pre-emergent program might, is obviously part of the solution too going forward. Drew, you mentioned fungicides just now, and I wanted to sort of get there. Obviously, with a newer bankerized variety that's got superior dollar spot resistance in particular, there's a huge benefit there in my mind in terms of what you can do with reducing your fungicide input. So, you know, based on some of your test plots and your trials that you had there, I mean, what sort of savings do you think you'll realize when it comes to fungicide and spray applications? Yeah, I, I mean, haven't put the number to it yet. I, I think um, my plan, you know, obviously with early order just kind of happened. And what we developed is I think we're probably a 60 to 70 percent reduction um, just in number of applications. We'll do a few uh, applications in the spring for our patch diseases. You know, what, what I've seen in the trials that we've had literally zero dollar spot zero brown patch in our in our trial area not that the weather gets too hot and humid in this area of the world but it was in the worst possible growing environment um, where we would see brown patch if we had those conditions and we just didn't see it so i i envision cutting back significantly june july and august the plan is we'll have some product on the shelf if we need it in a pinch but um just kind of let it ride as long as we can another follow-up question related to that from the start of the project to now how would you sort of grade what what you would say this project has been from the regressing standpoint? Do you think you're you're at like an A plus right now, or are you are you at like closer to a B and just sort of continue to get better? And then 
because of where you're at and sort of the success that it sounds like you're having already, are you getting calls from peers? You, you think this is going to really gain some more traction than Chicagoland? To answer the first part of the question, we're an A minus. We're 90, 99% there. Obviously, as superintendents, we're not judged on the 99% that is good. It's the 1% that we need to, to work on. We're just trying to get this thing home here. Uh, and it should be, it's just a matter of getting some, a uh, couple warm days next spring and we'll, everything's where we need to be. The second part of your question, yeah, we've gotten a few calls from people in the region. And I think, you know, as clubs continue to make investments in infrastructure, bunkers, irrigation, you know, it seems like a, a few of the, the folks that I've had out have uh, kind of expressed interest in, in doing the fairway regressing project. With what you're seeing so far, and this may sound, this question may be a little confusing, so please feel free to ask me to reword it if, if, uh, if you think it needs to be, is from what you've seen so far with the, with the creeping bedcrest fairways, do you think it's simply a betting, better playing surface, or do you think it's improved playing qualities as coming from, it will be coming from the fact that you'll be able to keep it in better shape throughout the, throughout the season? You know, you won't be kind of managing for a weakest link with, you know, five or six different grasses on the fairways, but rather you'll be able to manage to the strengths of creeping bentgrass and use that to help limit poe annual encroachment, for example. Yeah, I, th I think our members will definitely notice a difference in playability as the, the grass continues to mature. We try to keep it as dry and firm as possible, but we're always limited to the the poa mostly um, choking out uh, in the in August. So I think they'll, they'll definitely it'll be it'll be nice to have a grass that's flourishing when our members are playing instead of something that we're just trying to hold on to and uh, kind of get to get to Labor Day with. I think also with virtually all creeping bent grass on the fairways and getting rid of the, the you know especially the poetry of the perennial rye and any Kentucky bluegrass. Even though you're mowing those grasses at, you know, let's say you're mowing at 400, but you're, I mean, those grasses, they don't, they aren't cut at the same height as the bent grass and just get those inconsistency and lies. I would think that'll absolutely be something golfers notice almost, you know, during their first round. I mean, we, we all, we all hate Pohanua, but our, our members really dislike the, the Kentucky bluegrass and the, I mean, a, a Pohanua and uh bent grass. Surf. Not that we have a lot, but um, it, it just is way more visually appealing and and plays better than kind of the the hair plug look as as what our members called it <laughs> of the the ryegrass and bluegrass. That's that's a great point you make. That is actually a, a hidden motivation, or it, sometimes it's hidden, sometimes it's obvious. Uh, when you have just a little bit of ryegrass or a little bit of bluegrass right next to bank grass, I mean it, it. It everyone can see like that's that's different. You know, the golfers don't always notice that it grows at a different rate or maybe the quality cut isn't the same but um yeah visually that's a that's a huge benefit i think in a lot of places where you don't see it it's a cleaner look and you get a better ball eye because you've got you know more consistent more uniform growth uh with uh with the bank grass what do you think uh, has been the most successful part of uh of the regrassing part of the project and is there anything you might do differently i think the most successful is kind of yet to be determined you know, it's going to be next June 1st, having, having members that are happy uh, and uh, a uniform turf stand. The one thing that I would do differently and would be hard to do differently is I don't, in our, in our region, I don't think you can seed early enough or kill early enough. I guess in that situation, we're always going to stick with our August 2nd date uh, just for the golf calendar and club events and things like that. But um you know, potentially spraying the, the herbicides a little bit sooner and having members play on on um, 
on, on dead turf for a few a few days and then starting our seeding process August 2nd instead of starting the killing process. So the sooner you can get started here, the the, the better for, for us. Yep, great point. Drew, Zach, thanks so much for taking the time to talk today. It's been awesome catching up, and uh, I got to get up to Knollwood. Uh, you know, got to see this price. It looks awesome. Yeah, come on out anytime. Thanks for listening to the USGA Green Section podcast. Be sure to subscribe, listen, and rate us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can also keep up with the latest content on Twitter and by subscribing to the Green Section Record, our digital publication that's published twice a month.